There that you go. lets you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, hey, Michelle, thanks for doing this. Um, I, uh, I thought it, you know, you had talked, uh, to Brendan and I about, uh, how, how nutrition obviously is, is crucial and, and everybody's different. So I thought it'd be cool for us to sit down and maybe have you get the opportunity to go into a little bit of detail, you know, about what it means to eat like an athlete, to eat like a cyclist and how that can affect performance and so let's do it. Awesome. Thank wow. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell us about yourself and, uh, and how you got into this and everything. Sure. So first, thank you for the opportunity. Um, it's always really fun to talk about something I actually really, really love doing. Um, how I, how I got into this Well, um, so I went to school for nutrition and dietetics. And so I've been a registered dietitian, since 2005. Um, so it's been a while and I've kind of worked along the whole spectrum. So I've done weight management. I've worked with kids, adults, et cetera. And the place where I like really love is sport nutrition. So right now, um, I kind of do this as my fun, like thing to do to help people out and more importantly, to help athletes actually perform at their best because they're doing so much work in the gym and on the bike or running. And, um, the one little thing that like helps give a lot of athletes the edge is their nutrition. So if they can tighten that up, they can definitely perform a whole lot better. So tons of opportunity for nutrition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's more than just a marginal gain. It's really food is fuel. What you put in really matters. And it's not necessarily an easy process. Just, you know, okay, I want to eat like an athlete. You know, where do you, where do you even begin? So, right. I mean, so how, how do you, how do you start to make these informed decisions? Like what's the first, when you first talk to somebody or like very generically, like how, what is, what's, what's the starting place for you? Sure. So for me, I think I really try to get a land, the landscape, the lay of the land. So understanding each athlete's environment, be it um, their training environment um, to their home life, their work life, et cetera, um, their food preferences, what they really enjoy, what they really hate. Um, and then I try to get a hold of their nutrition goals. Now, nutrition goals are wholly tied up in training goals too, right? So a, a person who's striving to do X, Y, or Z in their training, you know, may have a ton of opportunity in nutrition to get there. And so once we kind of get all of those goals aligned and start to evaluate where are those opportunities for improvement, we can start to pick away at, um, pick away at all of those little pieces that can use improvement and make those sustainable changes over time. So it's not like a light switch. I can't just turn it on and say here tomorrow, you're going to be an Olympian because your nutrition's better. Um, a lot of this t takes time. And, and so working those in, um, we try to get every aspect of the athlete's life kind of wrapped up into these goals. So, yeah, what, the thing that comes to mind for me is, is like, you have, you have refueling and then re rebuilding. So mm -hmm. could you kind of go into, you know, specifically for, I mean, cyclists, it's an aerobic sport. You're doing a lot of, uh, high kilojoule 
demanding repetition of, you know, you got intervals on intervals and long endurance rides. And so, you know, what, what is, uh, what is like a, 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 just a broad refueling strategy and how does that, how's that differ from like rebuilding, you know, when mm-hmm. mus- muscle damage versus like, um, versus being, you know, having your energy stores fully ready to go when you start a hard workout versus recovering from that workout. Sure. Um, so, so I kind of think about it in three parts. So we have, um, kind of your stores, how you are, you know, how you've uh, fueled yourself on a day-to-day basis that set you up for how do you go into a hard worker? How do you go into, um, a race and so on? So that's kind of the first setup. Like, are we set up for success there first? And then inside the workout, you want to fuel during, right? Because we can't just ignore that we're using energy during. Um, So that's the second piece. And then the third piece is kind of, as you're pointing out, that recovery, that rebuild phase. So those three pieces, um, once you get them lined up, each one can kind of take on its own life, if, if you will. Um, there are certain goals within each um, and they're all different by athlete. So, um, you know, long endurance athletes are gonna be different from um, power short uh, interval type athletes. All of these kind of, there's some micromanagement to it, um, be it fluid, hydration, electrolytes. Then we have carbohydrate utilization, whether or not you're um, your body's really good at using, uh, fat stores versus do you need more glycogen stores and so on. And then your recovery, you know, if you're doing heavy, hard, uh, weight intensive workouts versus just a long endurance ride, um, or even just a regular recovery, each of those require a different kind of fueling for rebuilding. Um, Outside of all of that, we take a look at micronutrients too. So um, your vitamins and minerals that play a part in either ATP genesis, um, so making your energy during workouts, or for rebuilding. So your antioxidants, are you really good at taking in all of those to um, fight inflammation and help you know, build muscle and recover faster so that you can hit that next workout? So um, all of those pieces can, can really, I guess, add up to a uh, I guess a full-time job <laughs> in uh, yeah. trying to look at it all and put, piece it all together. So I guess that kind of makes it really hard for the day-to-day regular athlete to navigate and figure out what to do. Yeah, I, I, definitely. Uh, it, it's any, anytime I start working with somebody who's never been coached, like on, on the bike in terms of just executing a five by five interval, you say, okay, do a five by five. It's very basic. <laughs> Everybody knows what it is, but but there's even within that, there's a lot of pieces to getting, getting it just right. And really it's just getting it just right is, is what you need to do. The, just, just do saying I, I did the workout is, is one thing, but, but really executing like a hundred percent is, is a lot, is a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you were talking about, you know, this, eating for eating for the demand. So like, what would like eating for, you know, we both do a ton of the Zwift and you race the USA crit series. Mm-hmm. Um, like so what, what is the difference um, that you would say like 
for I have a 60 minute Zwift race versus uh, a four hour uh, Grand Fondo. Like what what would somebody do very broadly differently between those two things, like before the event or after the event? Mm-hmm. Sure. So I always preface everything with each athlete's a little bit different. So what are you going to do before um, has a lot to do with what your stomach can handle, right? Um, some folks can eat decently before a race or a ride um, and some cannot. And so we kind of manage that, but inside the actual event, we're talking about two different, very different um, uh Per, uh, nutrient utilization patterns. So we have like a really short race that's really high intensity. You still need some carbohydrate to help fuel that and to tell your brain we're ready to go and we can do this. Um, but then in the longer endurance rides, you're going to burn through your glycogen stores and you're going to need to continue to fuel. So those longer dur- endurance rides are going to take a whole lot more planning. It's going to need um, it could use, it depends on the, the level the athlete's at, but you might want to micromanage like hour by hour or half hour by half hour, um, what they're taking in for fluid, um, for electrolytes, for carbohydrate. Um, so that's kind of the difference. Now I might be a little bit of a lazy athlete sometimes in my crit racing. Cause there's like very simple things to do. I, drink my electrolytes. I have my quick carbs right before, and then I finish my drink during my ride. Maybe if I can get to my bottle in between the corners, but like they're two totally different, um, strategies. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so so I got a, I got a specific question. I, I'm recently, you know, I, I'm definitely, uh, carbs are king sort of I think I, I, the hotter I run, the more I want to just be just running on carbs. And, and so I've, I've gotten to the habit of popping like a, oh, and I'm also parenting is tiring. So I'm always tired. So I, so I'm, I'm, I've gotten into the habit of popping like a 75 milligram caffeine gel before starting a race. You know, what is, what would you say like the ideal timing for, for like a, that would be would it be like right at your three two gel go or like five minutes out or 15 minutes out because that's that's something i've i've played around with i don't necessarily think i've come up with the optimal solution and what would you what would you say there yeah i don't know like that i don't know if there's a perfect answer but i would definitely say with a, a bunch of experimentation that about the 15 minute mark to me is like the the sweet spot um, get you a little bit of absorption before your blood flow starts going to your muscles instead of your stomach and you get a big old stomach ache. <laughs> um, yeah. so, you know, like I said, everybody's a little bit different. Some people can do like something way more complex. And there's some of us that like have to have the gel or can only do carbs in their drink, something like that. But definitely I think 15 minute mark is there is that, that sweet spot. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm hearing is it depends, right? It, every, it always kind of just depends sure. and everybody's a little bit unique. Um, so uh, do you, um, what, what is it, what does it look like when you kind of intake a new athlete who's, who needs uh, and, and who, like, if you had to really put your finger on it, who's, 
I mean, obviously, if, if everybody had a nutritionist or, and somebody like observing them, they probably they would they would perform better. Uh, but like, who's somebody in your experience that really needs this? Like, that is really like so far off base or so incapable of sorting out like the the major points on their own. Like, like do you have do you have a general recommendation there? Sure. Who really um, is gonna? Yeah, who really benefits? So there's two ways, I guess, you can look at that. Like, who who's gonna see the biggest change, right? Like, obviously, somebody who can't doesn't have the time to manage their day to day nutrition. Maybe they don't know how to cook. Or maybe they don't know how to put together, um, you know, their proteins, carbs, fats, and in a meaningful way. And maybe timing's difficult for them. Um, those are going to be the people that have a lot of opportunity because um, they just really don't know what to do or don't have time to figure it out, um, which is completely you know, normal. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, though, we have a lot of athletes who really do care about their nutrition and do a lot of things for it. But like you said in the beginning, um, cycling is like all about um, marginal gains. So like if you can fix like three minute things about your nutrition and then you can execute every workout the way you intended and then you perform better because you've got really good at doing those workouts, then to me, that's a big gain as well. Then you're not like shooting in the dark and wondering whether or not, you know, what I ate for breakfast today is actually going to do me well in this race or that race. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, supplements or not? what do you how, how do you uh how do you approach that are you all food or do you do you like a good multivitamin in the mix uh what what do you what do you tend to tell people or do you have like a, a gold standard like oh yeah everybody should be taking this yeah um i kind of take a if it doesn't hurt mentality um then, then it's okay. Uh, obviously always evaluating supplements for whether or not they're safe um, and whether or not you're allowed to take them. Um, that's a kind of a primo thing I always look at. The second piece is whether or not we're already meeting something by our nutrition. If we're already eating those nutrients or even in some cases overeating some nutrients, then I definitely tell my athletes to kind of stray away from it. Um, you know, there's so much focus on protein, 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 um, in sport. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that they actually do get a lot of protein. Um, I've yeah. yet to meet an athlete that doesn't get enough protein at baseline. Um, yeah. but there's a time and a place and it doesn't mean food is always the answer. Um, sometimes we just don't feel good or we're on the run and there's a good, easy way to kind of get that recovery in. Um, and, and that's fine too, but you know, if it doesn't hurt and it fits in and you want to do it and there's no harm, then I don't see a problem with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the protein thing is interesting. I, I definitely used to fall into that trap myself, um, in, in past years. Um, but you know, it's, it's interesting. I, after my son was born, like it was right around the time COVID was going crazy. And like everybody else in the world, I got really into making bread <laughs> and I stuck with it 
unlike everybody else. Yeah. Uh, and I, but I'm totally, I'm totally hooked. And and I, I noticed a huge performance jump. I noticed that I was feeling better workout to workout day to day. I could stack rides better. I had less fatigue in the legs. And I, I think I was chronically under carved, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like and and um, so, but but all carbs are not created equal. Like I mean, right. you can you can get 50 grams of carbs from a bag of candy, but you can also get 50 grams of carbs from three slices of bread. Right. Could you kind of just talk a little bit about like complex carbs versus fast carbs versus, you know, how do you, how do you, um, when, when is it appropriate for, for each? Uh, Sure. Um, So we mentioned a little bit earlier about the, the gel packets like before a race like that's a mm-hmm. quick carb and when you really when your body just needs to have a quick carbohydrate source so that it absorbs as we say quick um so fast um that's where those things really play in um where food kind of fits into the rest of our lives though like sure you could if you wanted to micromanage and like have 50 grams of carbohydrate in this drink or gel or whatever but we're also human. So there's not only other nutrients in the food, but the food also serves a purpose in helping us feel fulfilled. We feel full and those longer acting carbs will give our body time to absorb it and give not that big glucose spike. We're not having um, high insulin surges after that. And the more you can keep those pieces, I guess, in harmony, like we're not having huge spikes. We're not um, quickly rushing into our cells and so on and so forth. And then giving extra nutrients. Those are the times where we're going to be able to feel like we're actually nourishing ourselves. We're actually nourishing our, um, glycogen cells and, and our glycogen stores. And like, it's all going to, it'll come out in the end. You'll feel better. You're going to have more recovery. You're going to, you know, use good things and Sure, you could live off candy if you wanted to, but it wouldn't feel very good. No, your stomach would hurt all the time. You'd <laughs> constantly be craving who knows who knows what. Oh my god. Yeah, I, yeah, the 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 insulin spikes are 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 brutal. I mean mm-hmm. um if your if your blood sugar is kind of all over the place, it's just not a that's not a fun place to live. Um so uh I don't know how long how long we're at, but um, I would. Do you have uh, a time when it's worth? Is there like a time when micromanaging nutrition is really valuable? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if you're looking over somebody's nutrition plan, um, is there is there specific points in the day or um, timing within a week? that is better or worse to really, really hone in. So you, know, you in a perfect world, we all give 100% of our focus to everything at all times, but that's not how anything works. So, so like if, if somebody had to choose to give 100% perfect focus at, a, at any specific times, when, when would you say those times would be to sure. really nail it? Sure. Um, one of the things that I 
talk to my athletes about um, for success is what I call flexible eating. And um, to me, that's being able to take into account some of these other you know, nuances like life, kids, work, et cetera. Um, and being able to kind of flex to that and, and be okay with not micromanaging. So that's one piece, but to your point, where it really matters is around your workouts and around your races, your performance, and where you're really trying to kind of nail those efforts. Because if you don't feel good going into a workout, you're never going to nail those efforts, right? And if you don't feel good during the workout to the best of your ability, I mean, workouts hurt, right? But if you don't feel good doing it as, as much as you can, then we fail. Um, and failure is part of our workouts too, but you know, to a certain degree, we can prevent that, at least from a nutrition perspective, let's do it. And the last is after. So post-workout, depending on uh, what kind it is and what the goals are, there really are um, good, uh, there's really good data around recovery and recovery nutrition. And so it's not much, it's uh, real moderate amounts of protein, um, but getting the carbohydrate in and refueling with fluids. But that piece means that all of the work that you did in your workout will then be, will persevere, right? So you, you fuel up those muscles and you give them the recovery. And that means that growth is able to occur in the time that you rest. And then the next time you come back, you can hit the next workout or you can hit that next race. So I would say, before, just before, during, and after are the biggest pieces for micromanagement, I think. Totally. Yeah, yeah, I, definitely. Um, okay, I think I got one more question that if you wanted to make any other points. So seasonal eating, that, that's something I've heard, you know, Paul check and like kind of intuitive eating uh, is something people talk about and you know um what you would eat during the winter season would be different than what you eat during the spring and summer season when there's more fresh things around mm -hmm. uh how does that sort of i mean do you think there's any validity to that and how does that kind of how does that affect an athlete's choices yeah um I, I believe too that seasonal eating, so eating the things that are fresh um, as much as possible and where you live too, um, yeah. can be both a personal, it could be a nutritional choice, but it could also be an environmental choice. Um, I think everybody has the opportunity to work with that. It's gonna look different for each person. Um, obviously somebody who lives in the, Pacific Northwest is going to eat differently from somebody who like lives in the South and has more fresh fruits and vegetables year round. Um, it's going to be different no matter where you are. There are ways to get in the things that you need though. Um, and that's okay. We can do frozen fruits. For example, we can do those in smoothies. You can throw them in oatmeal. Um, there's different ways to get those nutrients in. Um, flexible, you know, being flexible with your environment means too, like we're going to have a lot more squash in the winter. We're going to have different um, balances. So that's kind of one piece of it. But when you said like seasonal eating, I started to think, well, everybody's going to go into this winter season of like, you know, holiday eating and 
you know, training during the holiday, you know, and all that fun stuff. To me, that said, that was like a big red flag of like, ah, we're just going to eat whatever we want and then hit the training again in January. (laughs) And and that kind of stuff drives me bananas. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a shame when every, you, you have these people who put in all this work and then like, well, I'm just going to put a pause button. Well, it's not really a pause button. You kind of, you kind of, it needs to be a lifestyle. Right. It's not, you know, eating like an athlete, training like an athlete is a, is a permanent lifestyle. You can't just off and on it. it that really, that does not work. Right. Um, right. I, I think that covered just about everything I was thinking of. Oh, I got one more, one more. Um, so, and this is just on a personal side. I tend to feel good or like my instincts um, in like a day, the day before or maybe the day of of, of events uh, or like a really hard workout, I tend to go more like vegetarian and stuff that's going to keep me feeling kind of light and not, not weighed down. And, and then like, I don't, I don't, so for example, like I don't, I don't crave a burger. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the night before a race that just doesn't that just doesn't like really hit home to me yeah um but I sure do like after uh or like the next day you know if, if there's nothing else like running running into it um is that nonsense or is that <laughs> is there something is there something maybe to that like I, I don't want to be weighed down by my food um leading up to something that I've I, an important workout or important race um i'd rather do that after is that is that totally nonsense or (laughs) am i onto something there i think you might be onto something (laughs) some of those heavier meals that just sit really hard and just don't really feel make you feel energized are probably not great choices (laughs) before a race or a big ride um and there's not a ton of um vitamins, minerals, and that necessarily uh, as compared to like a pasta primavera with like tons of bright veggies and maybe a sorbet for dessert or, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You could get, you could go a lot more. Sounds like energy. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like those carbs. (laughs) Yeah. Bingo. Those carbs and and energizing vegetables. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's going to keep things moving. The way you want it to be moving and it's gonna give give the stores what the stores need yeah that's um, a whole other topic we could get into <laughs> yeah yeah um do you want to make have any final thoughts like how, uh, how do people reach you uh if they have questions uh any, anything why don't you do a little send off for us sure um not sure how you uh uh put notes on the slide or notes on the, yeah, on the interviews in deck. You can up. tag me, find me on Instagram. I'm Michelle cycles on Instagram. Um, have my personal email. You can pass that out as well. Um, but I think um, my biggest takeaway um, that I'd like people to walk away with is that everybody can probably make a little bit of small steps um, to improve their eating around their um, fitness um, and small steps really are the path. Um, so picking a couple of things that you can choose this week or next week just to improve on um, will always give you a little bit more of an edge um, and give yourself permission to deviate. Um, we tend to be really regimented as cyclists, especially. Um, 
and that's not sustainable. And I think it's important to find ways to make everything fit, um, but you can still make little adjustments here and there. So I'm happy to help. Um, I love working with folks and it's kind of one of my favorite things to do. So it feels good you. to help people figure out their goals. And yeah, that's, that's yeah. what you're doing. When I get a text Thanks. message that says, I killed this workout or I feel amazing. That's like, I, I just, it makes me all teary eyed. I just love it. So that's what, it, that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Being in the business of helping people reach their goals and, and do things that they, you know, on their own may, might not have known how to do or uh, just felt like they couldn't do. And, and that's, yeah, that's, that's a great feeling. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Cheers. I'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye. See ya.